Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 215-592-9494. Rob Cherry in for Glenn Mack now with Mike Seals. At some point, Mike, I want to discuss your new book project, which uh, sounds great. Founds, uh, I find fascinating. A couple questions I have to start the hour, then we'll do uh, this day in Eagle history. There's one particular item that I thought was fascinating. Well, the questions are these. Uh, this is the dilemma that we've had, I guess, in Philadelphia for years, that we used to pose this question years ago at WIP before they won a Super Bowl. Would you rather have 10 years of contending or one Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were, Glenn and I were talking about this uh, a little bit last week. I, I opt for the 10 years of contending. Um, I think most fans, whether they want to admit it or not, actually feel that way. That My theory is that most fans enjoy the ride. They want, for all the heat that Andy Reid took, for instance, when he was the head coach here, uh, head coach here, those seasons in 2000, 2001 through four, when they finally got to the Super Bowl, that team was really good every week. And so every game mattered. I think the flip side of that, the, you know, do you want to win the Super Bowl once and then, and then be irrelevant for the nine years thereafter? I don't think most people want that. I I think they want to feel like they are going along for the ride, and contention is what people really want. Yeah, but people wanted at one point to feel like a champion, to feel like the yeah. team finally, and they did in 2017, obviously. Since then, they've made the playoffs several times, but they've never gotten close. Right, and and I think it's it's generated, I always kind of chuckle when I speak to friends of mine, either in the sports media or who aren't, from outside the Philadelphia area, who suggest that like well the Eagles won the Super Bowl or back in 2008 when the Phillies won the World Series so that dark cloud of negativity that so hangs over Philadelphia must have lifted now and it's like no you don't understand Philadelphia it's, like, it's back it's it, <laughs> they want more of that we want more of that you know the, the Phillies gave us a taste the Eagles gave us a taste and we want it we want to taste it again and um, that that feeling never kind of goes away so the contention is what you're looking for. The feeling that there's a chance, uh, I think, is what really drives interest in sports. Yeah, and imagine here in 2022, the Phillies hadn't won in 2008. The Eagles hadn't won in 2017. How would we feel? We oh. never know what it felt like yeah. to be to cover a champion or to root for a champion. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, my gosh, Rob, we, we could do a, a PhD thesis about the the thinking and the feeling and the mentality of Philadelphia sports fans. I think it's changed a little bit over time, but it, it's always a topic that I just find totally interesting in the way people 
approach sports in this city. It's amazing to me. Well, you're welcome. It's an idea for your next book. All right, I'll see what I can do. (laughs) All right, so the other question I want to throw, and it's for you, it's also for the audience. It's a question you were asked when you were on the morning show, I think it was Thursday? Yeah, I think so. Thursday on the morning show. Uh, And I want to ask our audience as well. You were asked about whether you would love to be at the U.S. Open Mm -hmm. to cover Serena's last hurrah. And your answer was? My answer was, I wouldn't mind, I would enjoy doing it, but I'm not sure how much interest there is to a Philadelphia viewership or readership in the U.S. Open, even with Serena Williams uh, making a run and potentially playing there for the last time. All right, so the question I have for our listeners and your readers as well, paper in, in the paper, is there an athlete or a sport you wish we would talk about more on the radio or have us write about, have Mike write about more in the, in the uh, newspaper? I think it's a really interesting question, Rob. We were we were talking about this before the show in that when you when you're deciding when you're in our position, right, and you're deciding what to talk about or what to cover, you often don't know that you should be talking about or covering a thing until that thing happens, right? Like no maybe nobody's playing paying attention to the masters one year, but all of a sudden Tiger Woods enters and goes six under the first day. And Tiger Woods has no connection to Philadelphia, nothing tangible anyway, but it becomes the thing that you're talking about at barbecues or with your buddies having a beer or whatever the case may be. And if you're not already there, if you're not anticipating that that might happen, you're left out. Um, And I don't know how many stories there are like that for us in the Philadelphia area because we are so parochial, because ratings for... The teams here are so high, and generally speaking, ratings here for big national sporting events, whether you're talking about the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals, tend to be lower than they are throughout the rest of the country because we care so much about what's going on here. But there are some stories that just transcend everything. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And some of the- I'd be curious to hear what people have to say about that because that's a- um, I'm curious to know what those stories are. Yeah, what are, what is Mike not covering? What is the Inquirer not covering? Or what are we not covering at WIP that you would like to hear more about? Yeah, tell us how we're messing up and not doing yeah. our jobs well. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you. Or let us how we can do our jobs better. Yes, instead of just talking about the Phillies and Eagles and Sixers and I guess once in a while the Flyers as well. Uh, all right, before we do uh, this day in Eagle history, I want to get Brian from Middletown on. Brian, you're on uh, 94 WIP. Hey, good morning, guys. Pleasure to speak with you. You too, Brian. Yep, and uh, that's interesting. You're talking about different um, issues to cover because, you know, in the social media era, obviously you can kind of get the news you want, the sports coverage you want, by seeking it out. So, you know, I I think it just sort of changes the landscape of uh, sort of major newspapers and outlets. Uh, But that is an interesting question. And, um, Mike, I want to compliment you for your work on uh, Kobe Bryant, your writing. Oh, thank you, Brian. Uh, I appreciate that. Yep. So now with that, then I have to come with some criticism. (laughs) Bring it, man. Bring it. (laughs) And it's not just towards you, really. I I think it's covering the Eagles. It's interesting. I understand the focus on the quarterback, and he certainly has to be held accountable. But to me, the one person who seems to be getting a pass is Nick Sirianni. He's a guy who was hired. He's an offensive-minded head coach. He doesn't call plays. That's okay. But a part of your responsibility, you saw this with Andy Reid, you have to develop a quarterback. Sean McVay showed that. And it's interesting, you dropped certain names of quarterbacks last season who clearly are better physically than Jalen Hurts. Uh, Justin Herbert, he didn't make the playoffs. 
Aaron Rodgers, he gets bounced in the first round. And again, I'm not, obviously, Hurts is not that level. The point is, head coaching matters. And for me, if Hurts does not succeed, because I actually see his success connected to Nick Sirianni, which everyone seems to talk about as if, well, Hurts is separate, and if that doesn't work, well, we just move on. When you move on, I think Nick Sirianni only gets one more quarterback. This is not an area where you're waiting for the head coach to get a Hall of Fame quarterback. That doesn't work. You have to develop a guy. So for me, I'm kind of interested in hearing your take on like, how you're evaluating Nick Sirianni. Because I think Hurts can put up some big numbers, uh, just like Dak Prescott, just like Justin Herbert. And then you could be at the end of the season saying, well, darn, uh, maybe the head coach just wasn't good enough. Brian, thank you, guys. No, thank you, Brian. And I think you make a great, great point. And it's actually one that I wrote about in this offseason, which is, If you take a look at the head coaches that Jeffrey Lurie has hired during his tenure as the Eagles chairman, you had Ray Rhodes. Who was not his first choice. Who was not his first choice. He wanted Dick Vermeil, looked looked elsewhere. He was coach of the year his first year. Yes, he was. You had Ray Rhodes, you had Andy Reid, you had Chip Kelly, Doug Peterson, and now Nick Sirianni. Okay, Ray Rhodes' quarterbacks during his tenure as the Eagles head coach were Rodney Pete and Randall Cunningham, Ty Detmer, Bobby Hoying, not exactly a group of Hall of Famers. And Ra- Randall, at the when at the he had, he had basically checked out. He, he obviously got revived in, in Minnesota, but he had checked out, and it just didn't work. He was him right. and Gruden clashed, I guess. Exactly. Look at Andy Reid. Right, makes the smart decision to draft Donovan McNabb over the, our protest for Ricky Williams. <laughs> exactly. They stay together for what nine, ten years. Everything's hunky dory. Once they trade McNabb, and I'm not suggesting they shouldn't have traded McNabb. It was time for that to end. But then you get inconsistency. Well, you Kevin get, Cobb was the guy they drafted to replace him. Right. Kevin Cobb, Michael Vick. You know, Vick has a seven-week stretch in 2010 where he's incredible. Not quite as incredible the next couple of years. Three years after they trade Donovan McNabb, Andy Reid gets fired. Chip Kelly. Now, there's a lot you can say about Chip Kelly's tenure with the Eagles. But his quarterbacks were, again, Michael Vick, inconsistent and injured. Nick Foles played great. One year was not so great in 2014 before think, he got hurt. I didn't think it was that bad when he got hurt. Well, he he, he wasn't great, let me put it no. that way. And then you have Mark Sanchez and Sam Bradford, okay? Again, a lot of instability at that position. Kelly lasts less than three years. And again, the quarterback situation isn't the only reason he was fired. Doug Peterson comes in, you draft Carson Wentz. You have Nick Foles as a backup. Everything is great. But as soon as Wentz's relationship with the team falls apart in 2020... Not only do they trade Wentz, they get rid of Doug Peterson. I'm saying all that to say, as Brian mentioned, there is a lot at stake for Nick Sirianni here with Jalen Hurts. If Hurts does not play well enough where the Eagles say, okay, we're going to stick with him, or, you know what, Nick knows what he's doing, we just need to upgrade the quarterback, then eventually Sirianni's going to have to wonder about his future i'm not saying that's happening anytime soon well hertz is not his guy he didn't draft hertz he wasn't he was he preceded him right um but what i am saying is i think to brian's point brian might have said this explicitly and i think he's right it's not like they're going to cycle through a whole bunch of quarterbacks for nick sirianni jeffrey lurie doesn't do that he he gets a head coach that head coach gets a guy who they hope is going to work out and if it doesn't the quarterback may be gone, and the coach may be gone too. So 
uh, it's really an interesting dynamic. And, you know, especially in the modern NFL where a coach can have a lot of power or not very much power. Look at the Rams, for instance, okay? Sean McVay comes in, and all of a sudden, Jared Goff actually looks like a player who should have been the number one overall pick, except that in time, it becomes apparent that, you know what? Sean McVay is kind of propping him up a little bit. So they trade Goff to Detroit. They get Matt Stafford in, who everybody would acknowledge is better than Jared Goff, and they win a Super Bowl. Uh, And all of a sudden, the offense that McVay has been running looks even better than it did with Goff. So... You know, sometimes it's not just is the quarterback good or not. It is, is the quarterback-coach combination operating at its highest level and its greatest productivity? And we're not going to know that yet until the season starts with, with Hurts and Sirianni. Interesting you bring up all the uh, the quarterbacks since Jeff Lurie got here, own, uh, coaches quarterbacks, because the only one who actually got to pick his own quarterback was basically Andy Reid. Yeah. I mean, Doug, Doug, Doug liked— Doug did too. Yeah. yeah, Doug liked Wentz. He had a lot of input on that. Um you know, and look, for a while it looked like it was working, you know, and... It was the best season ever by, best regular season ever by an Eagle quarterback. Yeah, it really was. He was he was going to be the MVP, and everything that's happened since then, uh, understandably, like, covers up that fact, but he was really terrific that one year. Right. Interestingly enough, that brings us to this day in Eagle history. Go for it. All right, so this day in Eagle, September 3rd, 2016, the Eagles traded Sam Bradford to Minnesota for a first-round draft pick in 2017. I remember that. Howie Roseman had God. traded up from, was it 16-8-2? to 8 to 2? Yes. 16-8-2 to 2 to draft Carson Wentz. So Howie continued to clean up a mess that was left for him by Chip Kelly by ridding him of Brad. Bradford was a terrible fit with it. it, was, it was, he traded Bradford, or they got Bradford from when, St. Louis with and a second round, or they traded Nick Foles and a second round pick. Yes. Now, having said this, is Sam Bradford a great NFL quarterback? No, obviously not. Having said that, the Eagles were seven and six in the games that he started and finished for them that season. Bradford. Bradford. They finished the season seven and nine in part because Bradford missed several games right. with a concussion, I believe it was. Which is surprising that the guy would get hurt. The yeah, guy who exactly. missed two seasons with torn ACLs. Exactly, exactly. And to me, I always I always chuckled um, and you know, laughed in the aftermath of the Eagles going after Carson Wentz and Bradford demanding the trade. Like People went apoplectic over Sam Bradford demanding a trade where it's like, do you get... Do you all follow pro sports? Like the guy, the guy can read the writing on the wall. He drafted not, him number two overall. Yeah, You're not going to have him sit that long, right? Carson Wentz is going to play. The job is Carson Wentz's. Sam Bradford wants a chance to go play somewhere else. Any athlete in his position would do exactly the same thing. And people acted like he was disloyal or wasn't tough enough. The guy came back from like two or three knee surgeries. He was tough enough. He just. He got injured too much. He was not a good fit here either. No. But the reason why they traded him, because he was going to be the starting quarterback that yep. year, and Chase Daniel was going to be the backup. Carson Wentz would barely get on the field, if if at all. But Teddy Bridgewater blew out his knee in Minnesota. I- I'm still skeptical about how long they would have waited um, before getting Wentz in there. Uh, the-, the Chase Daniel move, I'll-, I'll never understand. He is an all-time Hall of Famer when it comes to earning money in the NFL. Getting rewarded for nothing. Yeah, getting rewarded for not being a great quarterback. Um, But kudos to him because he he made a lot of money while he was here. 
So that that happened this day in Eagle history. They traded Sam Bradford and all this. All the give Howie credit for anything else. The fact that he cleaned up a mess, got a team to to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, with, with what was left for him by Chip Kelly was pretty amazing. Yeah, it was, and um, and I give him a little bit of credit. It's kind of like, do you want to? Do you want to blame him for setting the fire or do you want to blame him or credit him for putting it out, right? Like, they misread Wentz. They committed a whole lot of money and a whole lot of years to him and then drafted Jalen Hurts and he lost his mind and wanted to be traded. The fact that they are back to where they are now as perceived to be a playoff team and contenders is a credit to Howie Roseman and how he's reshaped them. Because they went into that contract thinking like, Carson Wentz is going to be our guy for the next five to ten years. And they had to completely reverse course once he decided he didn't want to play here anymore. Uh, it's my contention they f- they fired Doug Peterson to appease Carson Wentz and didn't read the room that Carson Wentz didn't like Howie either. <laughs> I don't know I don't know how true that – I'm not saying you're right or wrong. I, I don't know how true that is. Um, but I, I did write after the last game of that season. Uh, if you remember, it was the, the quote-unquote tanking game against yeah. Washington – uh, and there was a report by ESPN's Chris Mortensen that Wentz wanted to be traded. Uh, they, and that was it. You got you got to do it. You know, he didn't want to play for Doug anymore. Wentz apparently had said, and or his representatives had said, and um, yeah, you had to do it. And it's 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 wild to think that's how it ended, given all the expectations and joy that accompanied Carson Wentz when he showed up. In most cases, when somebody says they want to be traded, you have no choice. Yeah. In Kevin Durant's case, they had no takers or, or not. no one's going to pay enough for him. Right, right. And I'm, I'm not even sure how um, aggressively the Nets were looking to trade Kevin Durant. I oh. think it might have just been, yeah, sure, Kevin, we're trying to trade you, whatever. Let's get uh, Clay in Kansas City on. Clay, you're 94 WIP. Hey, guys, how you doing? Hi, Clay. Um, you guys were talking about – I've seen a lot of Jalen Rager. You know, I'm a Midwest guy. Watch a lot of Big Twelve. I didn't like it when they drafted him, hmm. but he he really did. Something happened to that guy because man, in in college, he he was really a difference maker on the field. He was fast, so I it, I didn't hate it. But spinning him then for what they got for him because I mean, let's face it, we all thought they were just going to outright release the guy because I don't think you could have brought him back into that wide receiver room. I mean. I don't know what your guys' thoughts on that are, but he just didn't fit. Yeah, I I think given the wide receiver room now, Clay, I mean, he was at best the fourth or fifth guy, um, you know, in terms of talent, in terms of, you know, uh, accomplishments, all that kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm with you in that they got more for him than I thought they would get for him. To me, he reminds me, um, and this is in some way unfair to the, the person whose name I'm about to mention, he reminds me of Nelson Aguilar in this regard. When Aguilar was, in, was with the Eagles for the first couple of years he was here, he struggled with drops, and he struggled with uh, the fact that physically he was not quite as uh, dominant in the NFL as he had been in college. And it wasn't until he took an offseason and really, like, built himself up a little bit so that he was more athletic, that all of a sudden he started getting to the spot on the field that he needed to be without thinking about it and catching the ball without thinking about it, and he didn't have to try so hard. And he talked about that that season and when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And I wonder if Rager was going through something similar where he just felt like you know, the difference between him and his competitors athletically was not nearly as great in the NFL and it hampered him in some way. Yeah, I, I would agree. And then 
I will say the roster is very deep. This year. I mean, it feels a little bit like the 2017 roster. It's really deep. And then the last comment I'll make, I have not watched tennis in 20 years. I've been watching Serena. I grew up in the 80s. I watched Jimmy Connors make his run at the U.S. Open. I mean, I watched last night, and but I won't watch again because tennis is kind of dead to me. It's boring now. So thanks, guys. Thanks. That's a thank you, interesting comment, but I haven't watched a lot of tennis either, and I watched last night as well. Yeah. Um, well, on the men's side of things, you have – three you know the kind of the blessed trinity of men's tennis right in roger federer and uh jokovic and rafael nadal um so that's been pretty compelling you know one or two of those three guys is going to be there at the end usually um and look serena has been around and at the top of her sport for a long time um you know she and venus are compelling personalities and stories and so great um so so different from what the stereotype of a tennis player tennis man. player once was um so all of that works to their advantages and i th- i think like we talked about earlier rob like the whole idea of a once great athlete making a late career push or run whether you're talking about jack nicholas at the 86 masters or tiger woods a couple of years ago kind of making a comeback or serena this past week people eat that stuff up and they should uh, when we come back we'll talk about what we're watching wip sports time 11 24 Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.